right, surgery it is. And as I said, uh, we're starting with our resident doctor, none other than Professor Kala. Prof, Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. How are you, Professor? Alhamdulillah. And how is the Prof? Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. Nice and cold? Yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Even though the sun is shining. Yes, yes, yes. I, uh, I did tell the people, of course, it's general medical questions, so they can start sending those questions. Uh, 47913 is the number. And SMS costs 150, and of course, general medical questions. Now, Professor, um, last week I had Dr. Salim Parker here, and we also spoke about the same thing about the cold. You know, it's not that you don't know what to talk about, now you talk about the weather. I think in this instance, the weather is actually playing a very important role on the health of our people nowadays. Especially with the, it, it getting so cold, all of a sudden, you, you have this, the heat, and then all of a sudden you just feel it's just like a, a massive drop in temperature. It is, but Yusuf, mm. yeah, and uh, certainly encourages coughs and colds. Yes, yes. And of course pneumonias, mm. but Yusuf, mm. so yeah, so, it can So it's, it's not a good serious. thing. And uh, advice as a medical practitioner, would you say people should cover up? Yeah, you know, try and keep warm, obviously mm. that's important. Mm. Uh, and don't be brave and go out in vests ah. and so on in this kind of Much so. But, uh, yeah, look, I mean, I think try and keep warm as much as you can. It will be helpful. Wow. But then to go from a very warm interior and then go out into the cold, mm. that can also be a problem. Right. But alhamdulillah, the body does adjust, you know, to mm. those circumstances. But yeah. the main thing is upper respiratory tract infections. Right, right. Okay, I'll, I've got somebody on the line. I'm going to talk to you on that about the cold weather because our people are also preparing to go for Hajj. And of course, we know they are going into another, uh, can we call it, weather pattern on the other side. We will talk about that. Let's first go through the lines. Voice of the Cape, Palau. Eh? Assalamu alaikum, my two favorite means. Waalaikum salam. Ik but it's an important I'm low sick. Yeah. But uh doctor Salaza Byron. Do you know what? Mm-hmm. For thirty years we go there once a month. Mm-hmm. Then we went twice. Then three times. Now it's every six months. And they ask the same questions. Now I just want to be out. No Farada, I show Uwa blur, pain your limbs and say, Me me not some pain. Today I'm sixty seven. I can see the rag blur. My pain pain. My angina may be problems. It could so buy acid in my body. But I want to tell doctor, they should not give us this low sick. Destroys a person. Also being a pink of father, doctor. But it's got nothing to do with the low sick. What doctor say? It's got nothing to do with the low sick. with what has it got to do with the GIT? Well, why are you taking the celezopirin? Have you got inflammatory bowel disease? Yeah, but I have. A, I'm not sick. I'm not ill now. No, no. But what did you have? Ulcerative colitis. I've got ulcerative colitis. Okay, so the celezopirine is for the ulcerative colitis. Uh, it doesn't cause blurring. It doesn't cause joint so pains. Why do they ask that every month? Well, you know, they ask that because of the ulcerative colitis can cause those things. Uh-huh. And so in I'm terms of your blurred, okay. your blurred vision, you need to go and see an optometrist or an ophthalmologist. Uh-huh. 
It may just be simple cataracts. Have you been on prednisone? In the beginning, that we didn't know what was wrong with Right, me. okay. So yes, now no. that can sometimes cause a bit of cataract as well. And it may be a simple thing that you're suffering from. Well, nothing to do no with the cerebropyrin. Really scared, but like I say, I never talk long on no program, but today... So ask the GIT clinic to refer you to no, to no, the no, eye clinic and so on, all right? I do see the optometrist and that. Yeah. But I just want... Well, I thought low is doing all this. No, not at all. Not at all. But shukran for okay. your advice. All right, afwa. Along with my most favorite presenter. Inshallah, inshallah. So, what the lady's talking about, you're saying that this particular tablet can't be yeah, the cause of not, it. Not generally the side effects. No. Right, right. Prof, uh, just coming back to what we discussed uh, just before we had our first call today, and that is about the change of weather. Because I'm thinking of people going now from South Africa with its cold and then warm and cold into a real hot, humid weather. Uh, what are the uh, kind of um, warnings? Yeah, you see, in terms of the heat, the main thing is sweating and dehydration. All right. Okay. So people must make sure that they hydrate themselves adequately. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The other problem that recently has been coming up in terms of Saudi is the question of different types of flu that are being carried across. You ah. know, people coming from different places. And, you know, we had a major problem with what we call the swine flu right. and the avian flu. So those are the things that people need to be concerned about. Okay. And, you know, one doesn't want to enforce it, uh, but certainly one would encourage wearing a mask, put it mm, mm, mm. just to cover the nose and the mouth, because right. those are the kind of things that you're breathing in. Right. And because you're breathing in, they tend to affect the respiratory system. Right, 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 right. So I would strongly advise people, you know, rather be cautious, mm. wear your masks, mm. Uh, yeah. Just to avoid getting infected. And would you say more so for those that uh, suffers from asthma and these kind of things? Even more especially, but there is a right, more especially. Right. Yes. Okay, Prof, let's go back to the lines. Voice of the Cape, Alain. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Alhamdulillah. And also, Alhamdulillah. Um, just a question for the Professor Kanalame. Go ahead. Uh, my, my granny was diagnosed with motor neuron disease right. um, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we were How old is nothing. she? She's now 68. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing, they say there's nothing that we can do at the moment because mm-hmm. we're waiting until September for some meeting with him. But mm-hmm. is there anything that we can do for her for pain at the moment? Okay, so motor neuron disease shouldn't cause pain because, you know, by its mere name, it says it's a motor problem, not a sensory problem. Okay. So but motor neuron disease... Yeah, that's probably unrelated to the motor neuron disease. You know, motor neuron disease, uh, one of our famous, I think, rugby players uh, yes. had the problem. Just van der Westeisen. Just van der Westeisen, yeah. And, you know, it's got mainly to do with what we call the anterior horn cell within the spinal cord. But it doesn't affect sensation in any way, so it shouldn't cause pain. Right. Oh, okay. So you need to get her to see maybe a rheumatologist or something to see what the pains are due to. But they're definitely not due to the motor neuron disease. Okay. Jazakallah. All right. Okay. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. Motor neuron disease, uh, are you saying it's not causing pain at all? Yeah, it shouldn't cause pain because it's not affecting the sensory nervous system. Right, right, right. right. Okay. So all it does is it causes progressive weakness. 
And there's right. different forms of motor neuron disease. Okay, uh, with you. All right, uh, let's go to our first uh, SMS. The prophet says, Salam, any advice on what diet to follow when suffering with bleeding piles, please? Okay, so the best diet is one that is not going to make you constipated. Okay. So you need to take things that are going to keep the stool soft because the minute you're constipated and you strain, then the piles are going to give you problems. Mm-hmm. They'll externalize, they'll bleed, they'll give you all kinds of pain and so on. So, you know, generally one recommends a fiber, a diet high in fiber. Right, 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 right. And that probably will sort out the problem. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, your favorite, Old Brain Frank. Okay, that's fiber. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm ah, just okay. saying. You I know me too up. well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's always yeah, all so brand look, all brand flakes. Yes. I mean, that is basically, bran is the best form hmm. of fiber that we have available. And, you know, generally people don't realize that they need to take enough to give them a nice motion. Okay. You can't say you're taking one cup or you're taking two cups and it's not working. It just means you're not taking enough. Okay. 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 And uh, uh-huh. Prof, how important is it to also take in liquids, water as an example? Very important because, you know, the more liquid you take, the softer your stools are. Mm. And a lot of people may have noticed during Ramadan that they actually have quite hard and uh, firm stools. And the reason for that is because they're not taking adequate fluids. All right. Quite a few people become constipated also in mm. Ramadan. Mm. And the main reason is because of the fluids. Uh, right, 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 right. Just a final question on the, on the question that we just received. I've asked this on numerous occasions. I'd like to ask once again, Prof. When we talk about piles, can you once again please explain to us what exactly is piles? Okay, so the medical term for it is called hemorrhoids. No. And essentially what it is, is it's uh, what we call a plexus of veins or a group of veins that are very close to the anus. Right. And when you become constipated, then the pressure in those veins increases and sometimes they just burst and you bleed from them. Right, right, right. So that's basically what piles are. So one of the ways to treat it is to inject something that will make those veins shrink up. Right. And then you don't have that problem anymore. right. Other thing we can do is what we call a hemorrhoidectomy, where we actually remove that plexus of veins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that way, we relieve the problem. What's you. Prof, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And of course, you can still send those SMSs. We have received uh, those of you that did send. I've received it. I will be reading it uh, as we go along. But you can still send. 47913 is the number. And the SMS costs 150. And before I forget, of course, you can go and see Professor Carla in his capacity as a rheumatologist, that's a professional capacity, at his rooms, and you call the number 021-406-303. 021-406-303, and that is to make an appointment to go and see Professor Carla. Of course, the, you, the necessary will be done via the telephone, in short. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. Back with you with the night surgery and, of course, our resident doctor, Professor Carla, with us here in the studio. General medical questions, uh, you can send us SMSs and, of course, I will get it on the side. I will read it to the prof and the professor will do his utmost to let us know what his diagnosis is. However, gender, weight, as well as age is a very important part 
of your SMS. So if you call us, those are the things I'd like to see included. Salam, doctor. My age is 65. Just want to get in bed. Just when I get in bed, my right arm pains. When I'm up, no pain. I got cholesterol and hypertension. Don't know if it's a female. I don't know the way. Yeah, okay. So that's a difficult one, Mr. Yusuf, because they don't tell us whether it's when they're lying on that side and if it gets better when they're not lying on that side. You okay. follow? Right. It sounds to me like probably a shoulder problem, maybe a form of tendonitis. I don't think it's an arthritis. And again, one needs to see the patient, examine the patient, and maybe a cortisone injection will do the trick. Uh... You know, sometimes these cholesterol-lowering tablets can cause aches and pains, but they tend to be much more diffuse. So chances are this is just an isolated uh, situation. I don't know whether the patient may have done something with the shoulder that may have brought it on, uh, but oftentimes there's no no real history of trauma or anything. Right. Uh, but I think it's it's unrelated to the medication and so on. But All right. Prof, uh, just on that, uh, when you say about certain medication. I'm just thinking of, uh, I've had a few questions with other doctors about simvastatin. People saying that this tends to cause cramps in the legs. Can you advise uh, on that? Yeah, look, I mean, we know that it can. You know, most of the people who prescribe these medications say that it's few and far between. But for those few, it can be quite a serious problem. Of course. No, at the end of the day, but Yusuf, uh, there are other agents that can be used uh, which may have less of those side effects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the issue is that you're taking the cholesterol to prevent a heart attack and a heart attack can cause death, whereas aches and pains don't usually result in any serious problems. Do right, you follow what I'm right, saying? Right, right. So it's a question of uh, balancing the pros and the cons, mm-hmm. <laughs> And certainly in terms of saving a heart attack, I think a lot of people would advise that you rather stay on a cholesterol-lowering agent. Right, right. And maybe tolerate the side effects. A little pain. Do you follow what I'm saying? It just depends on what your views are, whether you've had a previous attack, Mm. what the circumstances Mm. are, Mm. whether you've tried alternatives. Uh, But that's the issue with those medications, yeah. Shukran Prof. Uh, Salaam alaikum to Yusuf and doctor. My husband is 64. He's diabetic. He's itching a lot. What can it be? It takes uh, Elisac, but don't seem to help. Okay, but Yusuf, you know, we get this sort of question. They say itching a lot, but we don't know where it's itching. Mm-hmm. We don't know whether there's a rash associated. Uh, is it the whole body? Uh, what medications are they on? There's so many other things that we need to know to really say anything. Very unusual to get itching in diabetes, and diabetes on its own shouldn't actually cause itching. So what diabetes does, it predisposes you to fungal infections and so on. So, for example, under the breast, you may get a fungal infection around the pubic area, especially between the legs because of the sweating and so on. Between the toes, you can get athlete's foot. Mm. Those are the kind of things. And then you use the appropriate uh, ointments. Sometimes you get eczema, and that causes the itching. So we don't know whether there's a rash visible or not visible. Mm. If a rash is not visible, then it becomes more difficult. And then one needs to look for what we call systemic causes. Okay. 
So it all depends on those. And the systemic causes, could that still be associated with diabetes and hypertension? Not generally, no. Not generally. All right. No. Okay. Right, let's go to our next question. Salam, uh, Dr. Impetensive. I'm 58 years old, a female. Got a burning pain in my solar blades right down to my elbow. What can I do, please, advice? Okay, so... Yeah, we don't know whether it's the left or the right shoulder. Hmm. Uh, we don't know whether it happens with activity, whether it happens at rest, whether it happens with sleeping, hmm. whether it wakes a person at night. Do you follow what I'm saying? Okay. Those are all important pieces of information. Question is whether it's the shoulder and the elbow or whether it's the shoulder pain that she's feeling in the elbow. And again, I think a careful examination will be able to ascertain what the problem is. And chances are that she may require a cortisone injection. It sounds very much like a tendonitis rather than an arthritis. Okay. Uh, and, you know, people talk about tennis elbows. So maybe the problem is in the elbow and it's going up to the shoulder rather than the other way From around. the shoulder down. So again, one needs to examine the patient and see what's happening, inshallah. Would know? that be because of wear and tear, Prof? I'm just, no, I'm just asking. No, no, I think it's a good question. I'm just uh, thinking about it. And, you know, wear and tear usually shouldn't affect the upper limbs right. to that extent. Do right. you follow? Right. Maybe if we're talking of the hip and the knee, it's a different story. Mm. Mm. But certainly elbow and shoulder would be very, very, very unusual just from wear and tear. All right. Okay. 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 Shukran, Prof. Uh, remember, you can call us also on the number 021-442-3530. I receive lots of SMSs, and we appreciate that. But if you'd like to pose a question directly, because maybe Prof wants to ask a question or two, like we've just said, some of the things Prof can't answer because there's not enough information, then maybe you can call and uh, ask a question directly on 21 Double four two three five three zero. But otherwise, four seven nine one three is suffice if you give us as much information as possible. But of course, the three very important things you need to tell us: age, gender, and also your weight. Right. I'm going to our next one, uh, Professor. It says here, Salam to Yusuf and Prof. Wife suffers severe cramps in the legs and shins, pulling stiff and cramping. Please advise. Okay, so he doesn't tell us her height, her weight, her age. You know, all of those things again become important. Issue on any medications, especially high blood pressure tablets. Cramping is a very non-specific symptom, and you know, can be very difficult to work out what is actually causing it. Mm-hmm. There is an entity called the restless leg syndrome, which again is a very nebulous condition. We don't know much about it. In terms of treatment, we've mentioned before there is a tablet called quinine sulfate and there's a tablet called amitriptyline, both of which you'll have to discuss with your doctor and the doctor will have to prescribe it for you. All right. Okay, let's go back to the lines. Voice of the Cape, hello. Assalamu alaikum, Mr. Yusuf. Wa alaikum, salam. I want to, I want to also document um, my body is itching, I don't know why. All right. So is there a rash that you can see? No, if, I, if it's itching and I scratch and I can feel always like pimples, I don't know. Okay, how old are you? 85. 85, okay. Did you call us last week or the week before? No, I didn't you call. You haven't called before. First time I call now. Okay. Uh, yeah, look, you know, I would suggest the best thing is to see a skin specialist. 
Okay. So they can give you an idea what is actually causing the itch. Okay. If you say you feel pimples, I don't know whether the pimples come before you scratch or they come after you scratch. When I scratch it, then I can feel a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the best would be to see a good uh, skin specialist. We call them dermatologists. Mm. And they might give you a tablet to s reduce the itching, but more importantly, we need to find out why you're itching so much. Yeah, this is, I want to know, doctor, why sure, I'm sure. itching. So they might need to do one or two blood tests and so on to check what's okay. going on. I'll go right. to high blood. Yeah, high blood shouldn't cause itching uh, unless you're going into kidney failure. Okay. No, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll but that would also be a very late stage, you know. Mm. Okay. Okay, doctor. Thank All you. All right. Salam to Yusuf. I'm a 25-year-old male. I just want to find out from the doctor if omega-3 and 6 safe to use for a man and can I use it every day it's 10 milligrams question is why are you using it but are you so mm. <laughs> I don't know much about omega-6 but certainly omega-3 is one of the prostaglandin components and it's sort to work like a anti-inflammatory like Voltaren and so on mm. so a lot of people use it for aches and pains right but, you know, I don't know why you need it uh, and why you're using it. Generally, it doesn't have much in the way of side effects, so I don't think there is a problem with using it. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if you remember, there used to be a program on uh, 702 and 567 mm. with the Professor Seftel. Mm. And whenever he was asked questions regarding these so-called supplements, then he would make the point that all you're doing is making a very expensive urine. Right. Because the body keeps what it needs and it gets rid of the excess. Mm. Mm. And a lot of these things, because we're eating well in our diets, we don't need all these supplements. Right. So all these supplements are going in through our mouths and coming out through our urine. Right. 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 Without serving any real purpose in the body, you follow? Right. Right. So... Prof, uh, just a correction from my side, it's not 10 milligrams, it looks like a thousand milligrams. Yeah, even worse, Bidaisa. All right. <laughs> Okay. And they can be quite expensive, you know, and people just waste money on these things, mm, mm, so, mm, really. Mm. There's so many better things they can spend their money the on. Money on, eh? mm. All right. Salam, uh, doctor, 43-year-old, hypothyroid, as uh, hypothyroid female on electrolytin, weighs 70 kilograms. Al altroxin, yes. Oh, no, Marv, it's altroxin. It looks like altroxin. Sorry. Uh, that's altroxin, yes. Weighs 70 kilograms, have hoarse voice, sore throat and dry mouth, recently been diagnosed with polyps on my vocal cords. I have an appointment for the ENT clinic at Grudeskir next month. What exactly is polyps on the vocal cords and how is it treated? Okay, so a polyp generally is an out pouching of the mucous membrane okay so we speak about polyps for example in the bowel in the gastrointestinal mm -hmm. tract we speak them about in the vagina we speak about them in the cervix all these mucous areas can develop polyps right so the lining of the larynx is also mucus and you get polyps mm. so basically it means it's a little out pouching or an outgrowth and most times, especially with the vocal cords, it will improve when you stop shouting, singing, talking loudly. Do you follow what I'm right, saying? Right, right. Uh, but if it doesn't, then occasionally they may need to remove the polyp. Okay. 
Now, the ENT will be the best person to advise you on that. But most times they tend to regress without too much being done, especially at the vocal cords. All right. Okay. Uh, this one is Salaam to you, Doctor, I'm a 65-year-old female, weighs 60 kilograms. Diabetes, because of this eye of 40% eyesight, but worry me the pain I suffer f- for the legs to the toes, uh, or should it be from, but just FR, so from the legs to the toes and toes ice cold. I'm sorry because I think of cancer. Please advise Shukran and Salam at home to all. Okay, so looking a diabetic with cold feet and, you know, pains going from the knee down to the foot, one is thinking of circulation problems, but I don't and diabetes certainly can cause circulation problems. It can lead to gangrene. And then you need to amputate. Right. So I think it's very important for her to speak to a doctor, let the doctor examine the pulses, see if they're all, you know, present and can be felt. Otherwise, she might even need an ultrasound to check whether the flow of blood is adequate. And she may require some medication for that, particularly disparate. Alternatively, the pain is not related to the circulation, and then one would ne- need to look more carefully and see what's actually causing the pain. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next one. Salam to Yusuf. My sister is 67 years old, had a stroke, affected the left side, has no control of bladder. Will it return to normal again? Very informative program. Shukran. No, shukran to you. Uh, yeah, look, you see, she says she had a stroke and she's left with all these things. But she sister, tell, sister. They haven't told us when the stroke was. Right. And that will be a large determinant. Okay. If the stroke was a while back and she's still having all these things, then the chances are that recovery is going to be virtually zero or very, very, very slow. Or change. You follow? Yeah, right. But if it happened recently, then time will be the, you know, the best determinant. Okay. Right. And depending on the severity of the stroke will determine the kind of recovery that the person gets. Uh, okay. All right. Can I ask uh, number 5021? 5021, uh, the person that sent us the SMS about the sister of 67 that suffered the stroke. The prof would like to know how long ago it happened so the prof can then give a better diagnosis or just a better explanation around that. Correct, prof? Right, okay. So if you'd like to, you can send us uh, the other details, when it happened, inshallah. Uh, inshallah. And then uh, see also, it doesn't tell us anything about any other condition that the person might have. Maybe they can include that as well, Prof. Uh, Definitely. About the condition that the person has. Maybe hypertension, etc., etc. And let us have that information, inshallah. So my wife is seven months pregnant and has been having runny tummy for the past two days. What can she take? Okay, so running tummy, we don't know how frequently, it's probably loose tools. So, you know, often it clears up in a couple of days, but also without anything being taken. A lot of people are, the, are of the view that if you have a diarrhea, you must let it continue to get rid of whatever the organisms and things are, rather than to stop the diarrhea, you follow? Okay. But if it's of nuisance value, then something like Lomotil might be something to take just to control the stool. Okay. That's a very important point that you make there because the norm is actually, uh, I've got diarrhea, I need something to stop it. 
and you say that that's should, right. that is actually the wrong way in to a go sense about you it. see because the diarrhea will clear itself up with time the main thing you need to do is to make sure you remain well hydrated right right that's the most important and that's thing. what uh, a lot of people are scared of because i've already got a runny tummy Absolutely. i don't want to drink anything you follow and this is where the problems come in ah. So a lot of children with gastroenteritis and runny tummies die not because of the running tummy, but because they get so dehydrated. Dehydrated, right. Absolutely. Okay. Very in- interesting there. Prof, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, oh, yes, no more SMSs. I'm standing on 150. That's the number. It doesn't mean it's 150 questions for Prof, but that's the number I'm on. Anything after that, unfortunately, I can't take. So 150, I'm stopping there. Let's take a break. To the Cape. FM Stereo Back with you with the night surgeon Of course I have Professor Carla as uh, our resident doctor with us here this evening and uh, just to remind you that you can send us no you can't no more SMS's I almost uh, shot myself in the foot there no more SMS's and I'm glad that I'm saying it without having a disclaimer from the other side of the ocean. So it means that I'm saying to you now, no more SMSs because professor don't want me to take any more. <laughs> However, I would still like to hear from, uh, if possible, from the person that sent us uh, about the lady of 67 that had the stroke and wanting to know if she will recover fully. But now let's go to our next SMS here, Professor. This one reads as follows. It says, uh, Professor Carla, I'm 64, had quadruple bypass nine years ago. Am on half a, what's it, Concor, Echotrin, Metformin, 850. Can this condition affect my mobility? I cannot walk. I am... Uh, I cannot walk fast anymore and have extenuating hip pains. I'm tall and 56 kilogram. Please advise. Okay, so the chances are that you may be developing a form of arthritis in the hip or maybe even a form of fibrositis around the hip. Right. Uh, You've done very well following your quadruple bypass. I hope you've stopped smoking and all the other risk factors that you... Uh, head that resulted in the in the uh, ischemic heart disease, mm-hmm. but I don't think that the hip is related in any way, and it's probably a totally unrelated problem. And again, probably you know the best would be to see a rheumatologist, maybe get an X-ray of the pelvis to have a look at the hips to make sure there's no osteoarthritis. And depending on what we find, we may be able to treat it without any further consequences. Inshallah. Sure. 61-year-old, 70-kilogram female, ischemic heart disease on Losartan, Alantin, Verapamil. My heart pounds as if it will come out of my chest, lasts for an hour. Can doctor explain, Kamala? Okay, so that's not a good sign. You know, obviously, you, you're having palpitations. It may be that you have an arrhythmia. I don't know who's treating you, but you need to have an ECG. You need to check what's going on. There may be an abnormal focus in the heart that is just beating irregularly. Mm -hmm. And today we've got very good ways of controlling that. Uh, It obviously sounds like the medication, especially verapamil, is not controlling that particular problem. Okay. 
And sometimes we need to do a catheter into the heart and then to ablate that area that is, uh, you know, beating abnormal, mm-hmm. abnormally. So essentially you need an ECG. We need to see what's the arrhythmia, define it, and then try to control it, inshallah. Inshallah. Salam, that is my fifth bell palsy. My lip brand in a beginning. Okay, those are all features of Bell's palsy. I don't know why she's getting it so frequently, though. Mm. You know, most times it's a viral infection, and it affects the nerve called the facial nerve. Mm. Uh, and that is why you get paralyzed on the half a side of the face. Yeah, look, that's a difficult one, Bredesov. Mm. And maybe for the numbness, you know, it takes a bit of time, and then it all may settle. So maybe the GP could give us something like amitriptyline or something, you know, just to tide her over. Right. But it can be a difficult problem. And how long does it usually last? It varies, Bredesov. Okay. It varies. There's okay. no way of predicting. Okay. Sometimes a day, sometimes a week, sometimes mm. a month, sometimes mm. six months, sometimes forever. Okay. So, doctor, I'm a 61-year-old, uh, 66 kilograms. What can I use for sweating in my head and face a lot through all seasons? It is so embarrassing. For years I have it. Um, I have a cold for two months, runny, runny nose, cold sores on my lips, I'm chronic patient. I take uh, medication, Aspirin, Neuralin, and Panado for back pain. That's, that's it. Okay, but so sweat, uh, sweating mainly the head and face throughout any season mm. sounds a lot like hot flushes and it may be just due to the menopause and the hormone deficiency and you know the best treatment for that would be hormone replacement therapy right so i think she must see a gynae speak to a gynae let them have a look and see if it isn't hormone related then it may be overactivity of what we call the sympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. Uh, which is what, you know, causes sweating in the body because mm. sweating is a mechanism for the body to cool down, actually. Mm. Uh, and in that case, sometimes a tablet like etanolol, which is a beta blocker, mm. may help. All right. But to me, it sounds very much like it's most likely hot flushes. All right. And maybe a simple treatment like hormone replacement therapy will take care of the problem. But that would be if it's a male, a female, right? Eh? It's a female. Because it doesn't say male or female. Do they not say? No, it okay. doesn't say. So, so look, if it's a female, then that would be it. it. If it's a male, it's more difficult to explain. Right. And then maybe a beta blocker would be considered. Okay. Let's go to the lines. Voice of the Cape, hello. Hello, alaikum, Mr. Yusuf. Alaikum, salam. Doctor. Wa alaikum salam. But I used to take a for what and her phone getexted for the sister when she's 67 years old. Okay. But it's located in the left side. Right. Now, but I used to say all of a sudden that she can't blast bladder control. No, no, but when did she have the stroke? Three months ago, Dr. Carl. And did she recover her power? No, no, no. She's weak on the left side. Right. But she's struggling to walk, but she's walking, right. but she's struggling to walk. Now, when you say she's losing control of the bladder, don't you think it's maybe that she just can't get to the toilet quick enough? No, 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 Dr. Does she feel? Yeah. Does she feel when she's full and she needs to go to the toilet? No, it just, it just flows okay, by itself. Okay, so that may be part of the stroke, unfortunately. Mm. And she may need to have a catheter inserted. 
Oh, they must put in a cat. Yeah, you see, the catheter will help. Otherwise, you'll have to put on nappies for her. Yeah, we do put on nappies. Yeah, you know, that's another alternative just to control the problem. Uh, But the chances are that she's going to be left with that problem for quite a while. Oh, doctor. Okay, doctor. All right. Shukran so much. Shukran. 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 Prof, can I ask you about the catheter? I hear what you're saying, inserting the catheter to avoid having to buy napkins, etc. We understand that. But uh, when you do have a catheter inserted, doesn't it also expose you to some other things? Like yeah, infections look, you know, the on? main thing is infection. So, right. you see, the alternative to that is to just put a catheter regularly to void the bladder. Okay. But follow? then who's going to do that? Yeah, well, I mean, that is the question, you yeah. see. So putting in a catheter is much more convenient. Right. Sure. That's, that's the main thing. It's mainly about convenience. Right. I accept the question of infection. Mm-hmm. One needs to be cautious about mm. those things. Right. And sometimes we give a medication, you know, just to 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 keep the area sterile. Okay. So, so. Let's get to the lines. Voice of the Cape. Hello. Assalamualaikum, Tayshu. Waalaikum salam. Doctor Kala, I need to find out. Man, I went to go and see a doctor, right? Uh-huh. And uh, the doctor did examine me. Mm-hmm. And then when she examined me, she picked up that I've got a hernia on my navel. Right. Nothing to worry about. Uh, but now she reckons that I need to go and see a specialist. I don't think so. You know, the hernia around the navel generally doesn't cause problems. You see, when we're worried about a hernia, is that sometimes it can strangulate. Mm. And then it can become like an acute appendix because you get infection and so on. Mm. And that mainly happens with what we call inguinal hernias. Mm. It virtually never happens with uh, abdominal hernias. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's no, anything that you need to be concerned about. Did you have previous surgery to your tummy? No, 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 nothing, nothing like that. Yeah. Okay, so it may just be a bit of a weakness in the abdominal wall, but uh, I wouldn't get too excited about it, actually. You reckon? Yeah. Okay, shukran. All right. Okay. 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 Well, I can Prof, uh, going to the lines again, especially when there's no pain, I shouldn't worry? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, generally. No, no, it depends on the site. You see, okay. if it's inguinal, there won't be pain, but yeah. we would still be worried. Okay. So it's more a question of the site at which I'm is it. with you. Right, uh, okay, let's uh, leave the call. Let's go to the SMS. Uh, Salam, I'm a 50-year-old female, 75 kilograms, get hot flushes. Is it normal or what can I do? No, it's not normal. The reason is because you're menopausal and your ovaries are not working anymore. So you need hormone replacement therapy. And it's important to go and speak to your gynae and discuss it because he needs to check whether you have a family history of breast cancers and estrogen sensitivity and Mm. so on and so forth. But hormone replacement therapy would be the best treatment. When we talk about hot flushes and uh, people saying normal, in inverted commas in other words, uh, it's to be expected. What is the normal age? Again, inverted commas. Again, you know, if you look at epidemiological studies, uh, then the mean age for menopause in Cape Town is between 48 and 52 years. Oh. Okay. Any time between those you can ages, expect it. Yeah? All right. Yeah. With you. All right. Let's go to our next one. Salam to Yusuf and Doctor. Uh, one of my fingers just got stiff and very painful. Some say it's a winter finger. Will it come right in the summer? What can I do? I'm 72 years old. Okay. 
Yeah, there's no such thing as a winter finger or a summer mm. finger, but as a, mm. uh, you know, the question is whether this person has gout, which is one of the things that come to mind, or she may have a trigger finger. Right. And that's usually due to a nodule within the tendon sheath. Mm. Uh, and it will come right, inshallah, but sometimes mm. we need to inject a bit of cortisone, you know, to mm. get mm. it better. And if that doesn't work, then a small surgical procedure to sort it out. All right. Yeah. Question on the, on the trigger finger, what causes this? I wish we knew. Okay. I wish we knew. But it's basically due to nodules mm. within the mm. tendon sheath, you yeah. know. Yeah. We see it in diabetics, we see it in people who work a lot on the computer, and uh, it can be troublesome, but right. it uh, often responds very nicely to a local injection of cortisone. All right. Right, uh, Prof, let's go to this one. It's a female, 65-year-old, pain in the side of buttocks, run down the right leg on painkillers on Voltaren, no help, only lasts for a few hours, had and Voltaren injection lasted a bit longer. Neither patches are helping. Weighs 70 kilograms. Okay, so the question now is whether it's coming from the spine or from the hip or around the hip. Right? Mm-hmm. And again, you know, one needs to examine it carefully. It sounds to me like fibrositis around the hip. We call it a bursitis. Right. Trochanteric bursitis. And it often responds very well to cortisone injection in the mm. area. But mm. Mm. So again, one needs to examine the patient more carefully. Mm. But chances are that we will be able to sort out the problem, inshallah. Salam, Professor. I'm a 54-year-old male. When I wake up any time of, of the sleep, my tongue stuck to my palate. And my mouth is dry and painful. What can I use? Okay, so but as if the commonest cause of that would be mouth breathing. Okay, uh, sleeping with open mouth. Yeah. Okay. So you know, normally that happens is when you when your nose is blocked because mm. you've got to get air into your lungs. You follow? Mm. Mm. And one of the things about the nose is that it's very specially structured to keep the air moist. Whereas breathing through your mouth, your mouth is not generally designed for that. Mm-hmm. So it often leads to dryness, and when you have a dry mouth, then your tongue will get stuck and it will be sore. Uh, The best solution is to probably have a glass of water just at the bedside and every now and then take a sip. You know, whenever you wake up, just take a sip to moisten the mouth. Mm. And inshallah, that will solve the problem. Okay. Right, our final question. Salam, please can doctor expound on fibromyalgia, the symptoms and the cures? Okay, so let's start with the easier one first. There's no cure for fibromyalgia. And basically, we regard fibromyalgia as a condition where a person responds abnormally to painful stimuli. So sometimes the term we use is pain amplification, Hmm. where, you know, a person has aches and pains, but under certain circumstances, what would normally be a minor pain becomes a big aina. All right. And we're not sure what the reason for that is, but we think it may be due to a fluctuating pain threshold. Okay. So the term used is pain amplification. All right. So why do we use the term fibromyalgia? Largely because it has to do mainly with the muscles and the tendons around the joint rather than the joint itself. Okay. And that is where I often explain to the patients the difference between fibrositis 
and what we call arthritis because mm. arthritis involves the joint and fibrositis involves the tissues around the joint. Right, right. So sometimes you find patients who complain of pain in many areas and you find fibrositis in many different areas. Mm. And when you have fibrositis all over the show, then we use the term fibromyalgia. Right. So fibromyalgia is now recognized as a clinical condition and there are certain things that we look for to make the diagnosis and it depends on the effects of the fibromyalgia with respect to what you can do and can't do right. and the extent to which it's affecting your quality of life. Right. But more often than not, we look for what we call tender points around the body and there's 18 areas that have been defined and if we find 11 or more of those areas, then we clinically make a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. All right. The best treatment, Buddha Yusuf, I must just say, is exercise. Mm. Mm. And the best exercise is swimming. Right. Okay? Okay. So generally we do have treatments available. It can be very chronic. There's no real cure because we don't know the cause. Mm. Uh, but exercise is actually extremely important in part of the treatment. Right, right, right. All right, uh, Prof, I'm going to take a final call. All right, uh, let's take this caller. Voice of the Cape, hello. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum You need to speak into the mouthpiece. Can I speak to doctor, please? Go ahead. Doctor, uh, assalamu alaikum. Wa salam. Doctor, if I wake up in the morning, then my hands are swollen mm-hmm. and my arm is paining just below the elbow, okay. both arms. Right. How I old are you? I have a bit of uh, fibrositis. How old are you? 59. And how long have you had the problem? This is now more than two months More already. than two months. Uh, and when you say your hands are a bit swollen, yes. do they remain swollen for the whole morning? Uh, no, once I start working and like moving, then... Then the stiffness also improves? Yeah, the stiffness Do the fingers improves. lock at all? Sometimes you close them and you struggle to open them. You've got to pull them open. Yeah, like sometimes I uh, like a trigger I finger. wake up at night yeah. and then I have to make my hands like in and out. In okay, and out. so yeah, you know the chances are that it's not an arthritis. Mm. And you may have these nodules that we were talking about, you know, in the fingers mm. that can sometimes cause trigger finger. So you need to see a rheumatologist. Rheumatologists will be able to examine you carefully and see what the issues are. We may need to do a couple of blood tests because that may be telling us about the starting of rheumatoid arthritis or something of that nature. Oh. Uh, but if all that is clear and mm. it's just what we call flexor tenosynovitis, then we may need to give you a couple of injections into the finger into the finger tendon sheets, inshallah. Because it's just below the, the elbow, from yeah. the elbow, like it's lame. Yeah, lame. so, you know, the question is whether it's coming from the elbow and you may actually have a tennis elbow. So one needs to examine you a bit but more both carefully. Arms. It's both arms. Yeah, yeah, one needs to examine you more carefully, inshallah. Okay, All right. Okay. salam wa rahmatullah. And that concludes our calls. You're the boss, but Yeah, you see, there we go. Yeah, I like it when I, I'm the boss when you have to put in your disclaimer, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for the promotion, Paul. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're the dog, Buddha. Yeah, you see, there we go. There we go. Yeah. But uh, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it uh, at that. Professor, once again, shukran very much for being here this evening and availing yourself in this cold evening. Could have done 
some other things. I won't say better things because <laughs> this is a good thing. <laughs> this is better, a good thing. you mean better. Better <laughs> thing. There we go. Better things. Eh? Uh, and of course, that is with uh, the hot blanket. Yes. Uh, what a pleasure. You see. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and of course, you're going there now to better things now. <laughs> I will still be in the studio doing my thing from this side, but see this in uh, Prof. Shukran very much. Melos Bahanutala, always guide and protect inshallah, you, inshallah, inshallah, and grant that you will be with us for many more years. Inshallah, Allah so wills, and Allah's hands of protection will be over you and your loved ones. Inshallah. 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 And of course, if you want to go and see Professor Kala in his capacity as the rheumatologist, the rheumatolog, then of course you can call the number 021-406-303. 021-406-303. Before I go, Prof, you know, the, about uh, two, three programs ago, I had an Afrikaner lady here. And she was an, another specialist. And we spoke nicely Afrikaans, and something came up. And I almost wanted to say, but okay, I'll wait for you. The thyroid that you said is uh, to blame for many things. In Afrikaans, it's called the skilt clear. Okay. Now, the skilt clear means they create skilt for others. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's a good one, isn't it? I was thinking about it. I must okay, tell Prof okay, about this. So it's okay. the skilt clear. Right? The skilt we create for. <laughs> Professor, till we speak again, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.